afternoon and welcome to Reflective Faith Podcasting. I'm so excited to have you with us today. There is a little something I'm going to do that's going to be new. Um, Our church is holding a Bible school and I'm actually teaching a class. And so what I'm going to do is I am going to post the lessons of the week for our Bible school, hoping that you yourself can get something out of it because the theme of our Bible school is called Keepers of the Kingdom. And as Christians, that's what we need to be. We need to be keepers of the kingdom. And Satan is attacking um, God's children so fiercely, humanity so fiercely, that we as Christians need to take a stand and make an effort to be a part of the new coming of Christ and making sure that all are a part of His kingdom. With that being said, let's go ahead and get started for today's lesson. Our first lesson was last night. We started Bible school last night, but I'm going to start your weekly VBS lesson tonight. And our first lesson is going to be on absolute truth. And in today's society, absolute truth is so crucial. So let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we pray that you will bless this lesson. We will pray that you will bless your word and the learning of your word, that we may see what absolute truth is and how absolute truth applies to us in our daily lives and how we need to seek absolute truth within your word. We pray that these um, words of your scripture will touch someone across the world, across the nation, and get them on fire for you and wanting to search for you and to learn more about you so that they can become a part of your kingdom. And I pray those that are listening that are Christian followers, that they will uh, strengthen their walk with you and their journey with you and become true kingdom keepers and keep in what absolute truth is, and that's your word. You yourself are absolute truth. In your precious holy name, amen. All right. So excited to be with you. We're going to start um, in John... Now, I'm going to jump around today because this lesson's got to cover a little few few concepts that I want you to understand. So we're going to start in John. Now, this is where Peter, excuse me, um, Jesus, it was right after Peter's denial. Jesus is now being taken before Pilate um, because they are wanting him crucified. And that crucifixion was not something that the Jewish leaders did or the Jewish community did. Crucifixion came through the Roman Empire. The Romans is the ones that brought that brutality to the Jewish people. And the Jewish Jews and and the Sadducees and Pharisees wanted Christ crucified because they were threatening, or Christ was threatening their authority. Christ was threatening their power that they had over the people, and they they were tired because. And and you say, well, why were they so threatened? And I'm going to tell you why. It's absolute truth. Christ came as absolute truth, and you're going to hear it in the scripture right here. And they did not recognize absolute truth when it was right there in front of them. So let's go to John chapter 18, verses 37 and 38. Pilate therefore said to him, So you are a king? Jesus answered, You say correctly that I am a king. For this I have been born, and for this I have come into the world to bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is 
of the truth can hear my voice. Pilate said to him, what is truth? And, you know, when we think about that, a lot of people say today, you know, well, that's your version of the truth, or that's your perspective, so that's what you think is the truth, or this is my truth. And you hear those comments so commonly thrown out there. Well, my truth, your truth, that's not absolute truth. And as Christians and as people wanting to find absolute truth and to know God, you have to understand that there's a difference between my truth, your truth, and God's absolute truth. And as Christians, that's what we should seek. So just like I asked my young people last night in class, how do we find absolute truth? Well, first of all, let's define what absolute truth is, and that is Christ, that is God himself, because he says in that scripture, I have been born for this. I have come to bear witness to the truth. So God is truth. Christ came in the flesh to bear witness to the truth of God. And, you know, how do we find that? We find that in scripture. So let's break this down. We are in a spiritual battle over this world. We are in a spiritual battle between God the Father and the Creator, the King of this kingdom, and the Prince of Darkness. Well, how did the Prince of Darkness become the Prince of Darkness? Well, let's look at the Prince of Darkness. If you go to Isaiah, and again, this is where I said that we were going to be jumping around a little bit. So we're going to go to Isaiah chapter 14. And this is telling you how Lucifer, the angel Lucifer, was thrown out of heaven and why he was thrown out of heaven. And let's look to that, all right? It says, How have you fallen from heaven, O star of the morning, son of the dawn? You have been cut down to the earth. You have weakened nations. But you said in your heart, I will ascend to heaven. I will rise my throne above the stars of God. And I will sit on the Mount of Assembly in the recess of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will make myself like the Most High. So, well, let's let's see. Well, you're saying, well, he just wanted to be as high as God. Well, you can't be as high as the Creator. If the Creator created you... He still is more powerful than you. He still knows more than you. He's He created everything. There's no way, there's nothing that you're going to do that's going to get you to either be equal with God or to surpass God. And that was Lucifer, Satan, the devil, whatever you want to call him. That was his downfall. And if you look, you know, his sins of pride, his sins of ambition, Now, am I saying being ambitious is a sin? It is when it overcomes your love of the Lord. If you want your own self-ambition to be higher than your relationship with the Lord, then yeah, it's a sin. And that's what Satan wanted. And just as I explained to my listeners and, and my kids yesterday, so I'm teaching third through fifth grade, and as I was talking to them and letting them know, you've got to understand what Lucifer's role was in heaven. He was the archangel that was to lead all of the other thousands angels in praise and worship of God. 
That was his role. His role was being the key angelic praise and worshiper of God. And that means he has the most musical talent, the most loveliest voice, just I mean he he was he was up there. I mean he he was above all these other angels teaching them how to praise and worship God. And his ambition got the better of him. You know, he thought, oh, well, I'm this great musician. I'm this great thing. I I, want to be just as high as God. And because of that ambition, instead of having the ambition of, I want to serve and praise God to the best of my ability ambition, he says, I'm going to praise and worship, but I'm going to elevate myself to the point that not only God is getting praise and worship, I'm going to get praise and worship for how good I can sing, how musically inclined I am, how advanced I am at praise and worship. And so that ambition lost its drive for being the very best he could be for God, but being the very best he could be for himself. You know, and how often do we fall short of that? I know that there have been times that, you know, I've always been a perfectionist. I've always been a straight A student. I've always, you know, done that. And, you know, There have been times I'm going to be the best teacher. I'm going to be the best coach. I'm going to be the best at this. I'm going to be the best at that. But I never said I'm going to be the best at this so I can be the best for God. Um, So there are a lot of times that sin got in my way of my self-ambition. And I'm sure that just like you, others get there. But this is how Satan fell. And he was put down to... And, and cast out of heaven. And it says, you have weakened the nations. Well, how has he weakened the nations? I'm going to tell you how he's weakened the nations. Now we're going to flip to Genesis chapter 3. This is exactly how he has weakened the nations. If you go to Genesis chapter 3, that becomes the fall of man. So Satan, knowing that he can't elevate himself higher than God, he can't elevate himself equal to God. He doesn't have that power. He doesn't have that knowledge. So he was then therefore cast out of heaven. And now God has created man. God has created earth and he's created all of these wonderful things. He's created the garden of Eden that provides everything for mankind. And there was no sin in the world until... If you go to chapter 3, the fall of man, it says, Now the serpent was more crafty than any beast of the field which the Lord hath made. Well, the serpent was Satan because he was cast out of heaven. You know, God created the angels too. God created Lucifer too. So more, and, and he knew all of this. And you can tell that it's Satan because of how he's talking because he already knows the answers to these questions, but he likes to rearrange the wording to make you question what you heard from God, to make you question the calling that God's put on your life, to make you question the absolute truth of God. And it goes here, chapter 3, verse 1, Now the serpent was more crafty than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Indeed. Has God said you shall not eat from any tree of the garden? Right there is your first lie. That is where he becomes the father of lies. He is a liar. He is a liar. 
because Satan knew that that's not what God said. But he's testing to see if Eve really listened. And this is what Eve's response is. Verse 2, And the woman said to the serpent, From the fruit of the trees of the garden we may eat. But from the fruit of the tree which is in the middle of the garden, God said, You shall not eat from it or touch it lest you die. And the serpent said to the woman, Surely you will not die. So again, that's his second lie. The Satan already knew what God had told them. But just like I talked to my kids, now I've got third through fifth graders, just like I talked to them last night. All right, you do something wrong. How many of you like getting in trouble by yourself? I don't like getting in trouble by myself. If I'm going to do something and it's going to get me in trouble, I want, I want, hey, I want a wingman. I want somebody there with me because I don't want to take all the punishment or the consequences myself. But I'm also 43 years old and I know right from wrong and I should never be doing the wrong thing in the first place. But unfortunately, because we have that sin nature in us, we sometimes fall to sin and we tend to do the wrong things. And we don't like getting wrong. We don't like getting in trouble by ourselves. We, we like pointing fingers at other people that did things too. Well, so Satan knew that he had wronged, knew his pride and his self-ambition and his selfishness and his envy of the praise and worship that God was getting that got him thrown out of heaven. Now he's stuck here on earth and he don't want to be alone. He wants to take away from God's glory and God's praise and worship as much as he can. You got to remember his role in heaven. His role in heaven was to lead praise and worship to God. So, of course, he does not want us as Christians, he does not want us as God's children, praising and worshiping God. So he's going to tell us lies. He's going to tell us deceitful things. So now here we are. We've created two kingdoms. We've got the kingdom of God, which is the good kingdom, and we've got the kingdom of darkness, which is the kingdom of Satan and and hell. And what you see here is Satan beginning to plant those seeds of doubt on God because he knows that God is the absolute truth. Now, when I talked to my fellow students yesterday and, and other people came in to listen to my lesson and teaching, go back to Pilate, okay? And again, we've had these conversations with fellow colleagues. We've had these conversations when we've gotten in fight with others, and we believe that our right, our way is right. Our beliefs is, or is right. Our words is right. Or we read a book by a Christian author. Well, their thoughts are right. None of those thoughts are right. That's what they believe is their truth. This is what I believe is my truth. But the fact of the matter is, is neither one of them are absolute truth. And that's what we as Christians should be seeking. We should be seeking absolute truth. How do we find absolute truth? We seek God and we seek Him for His understanding and His goodness and glory. And, you know, if you go on further in the fall of man, no. Man did not die right then. He did punish them. He did give them a limit of how long they could live. And he did make them work the field. And he punished the woman and the seed of man to bear her pain during childbirth. But they were going to die eternally. 
So from that moment forward, God had to have a plan if he wanted, excuse me, if he wanted to spend eternity with all of his humans that he's made, mankind, that's you and me, Adam and Eve, all the people prior, all the people after, if he wants to spend eternity with the creation that he made, he had to make a way. He had to make a key. And it's so cool. So I talked to the kids and I was like, okay, look, you have to understand God's the absolute truth. God is the good kingdom. And Christ came to bear witness to the truth. So he told you right there, he was telling Pilate, I'm the key to the good kingdom. I'm the key. Christ is the key. His virgin birth His death on the cross, shedding every ounce of blood for our sins and rising on the third day and then still ministering for another 40 days before he ascended into heaven. It was Christ and his key that gets us back into a relationship with God the Father, gets us back to that absolute truth. And it's amazing. So I was talking to the kids, and you know they're third through fifth grade, so it took them a few minutes. You know, how do you find absolute truth? Well, you go seek out a well-known pastor. Well, guess what, kids? There's pastors out there that are false teachers. Well, you go seek a really good teacher that you know is true. No, because there's false teachers out there. And I implore you, my listeners, you need to go and dig into God's word yourself. And check behind me of what I'm saying. And if ever I say anything that seems to be false, call me on it. Because that's how we, it goes into the scripture, iron sharpens iron. We have got to hold everybody accountable to the absolute truth of God's word. And Christ looked at Pilate. Pilate, let's read those verses again. This is John chapter 18, verses 37 and 38. Pilate therefore said to him, so you're a king? Jesus answered, you say correctly that I am a king. But you got to remember, God's kingdom is about truth. God's kingdom is about absolute truth. Then it says, you say correctly that I am king. For this I have been born. And for this I have come into the world to bear witness to the truth. Bear witness to God. Because during his ministry, what did what did he talk about? He talked about his father. He talked about heaven. He talked about how he was going to die and be the key to the good kingdom for the salvation of others. Everyone who is of the truth will hear my voice. So if you're a Christian now and you're wondering, where where is God? Why do I not hear God? My question is you, if you don't hear God, why are you not in the absolute truth looking for God? Because that's where you're going to find him. You're going to find him in his word because his promises have never been broken. His word has never been broken. Everything that he said he was going to do, he's done. Now, I want you to look at our society today. I'm going to bring this about so that you can see how this absolute truth and how the schemes of the devil uh, are the same as they were on the day of the fall of man. So there's this new movie out called Sound of Freedom. It was made uh, by Jim Cavell and um, Mel Gibson, and they created a movie about the sex trafficking ring, and it's based on a true story, the sex trafficking going through the United States and across the world. It's horrendous. Two 
million children are lost to sex trafficking a year. That is horrifying. That is God's children, God's creation being sold for this. Okay, so this movie comes out. It's a huge hit. It's even better than Indiana Jones. And all the critics and everybody is going over the top about it. Why? And and this is this is what I find so ironic. I, I'm not. I, yes, I do read comp- conspiracy theories. I'm not a tinfoil hat person, but I do look into them. And the irony here is this demonstrates the truth of the sex trafficking world. Okay, this demonstrates the truth of the sex trafficking world. However, the enemy is looking and publicizing this is a lot like the QAnon conspiracy theories. This movie is just another Christian uh, QAnon conspiracy theory. I mean, this this is based on a true story. We've got evidence from the man himself that's actually doing this, that can testify to this. And all the, the people that are wanting this hid, that's the enemy. That is the enemy trying to get you to doubt the truth that's right there in front of you. The absolute truth that has been placed right in front of you, black and white. That is how Satan works. He wants you to doubt it. He wants you to question it. So he wants to plant the seeds of doubt. Well, if I can get the news media to plant out there that this is just another conspiracy theory like QAnon, then people are not going to believe it. They're going to, you know, they're not going to stand up to it. We're going to still be able to do this. We're going to still be able to traffic 2 million children a year and and sex traffic them. And then when we're done abusing their bodies as little children, then we're going to kill them and cut them open for their uh, organs and sell their organs and make money off of that. And either way, we're going to be making money off of little children, which is horrifying and awful. But ladies and gentlemen, this is what I'm trying to get you to understand Satan does not change his tactics. He doesn't change his tactics. He plants seeds of doubt where there is absolute truth. This movie was based by a Christian, made by off of the story of a Christian man fighting against sex trafficking with a Christian actor that loves God and loves what he's and trying to get people to know who God is with a producer that loves God and trying to get that out there that wants people to know what God is. And it's all being snuffed and and seeds of doubt are being planted against it by the entertainment industry and the uh, media, the Guardian, because if this business goes away, this business will lose billions and billions and billions of dollars for the people that are participating in the business. And they are so obsessed with their own self-ambition of money, greed, pride. Aren't those the same sins that got Satan thrown out of the heaven? Aren't those the same sins that's making people fall into the life of the prince of darkness? Come on, people. Wake up, open your eyes, look and see that God is the absolute truth. And the only way to know the absolute truth is to study his word. So this is your first lesson. There is a good kingdom. There is a bad kingdom. The good kingdom is ran by the king of kings, the Lord of lords, the creator of all, God, the heavenly father. 
and the the kingdom of darkness and evil is ran by the prince of darkness, who is Satan, Lucifer, the one that had so much self-ambition, so much pride, so much envy that he he felt like he needed his own. And he's still the father, father of lies. Just like he was in chapter 3 in Genesis, he's still the father of lies, planting those seeds of doubt, planting those seeds of lies to make us question the absolute truth of God, that he is our Savior, Christ Jesus is the key to the good kingdom through his salvation and resurrection. And our God is loving, merciful, and forgiving. And we miss it because we allow the seeds of doubt, the seeds of lies from the father of lies to distract us from the absolute truth of God's holy word. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for this scripture. Thank you for allowing us to endure it and, and get into it. And we look forward to our VBS week here on the podcast. And I pray that my fellow listeners will continue to be kingdom keepers and watching over the kingdom and understanding that there is a difference between God, the Heavenly Father, the loving, forgiving, merciful, gracious, precious God, and the prince of darkness, who is the father of lies, the fathers of deceit, the father of pride and envy and self-ambition. And we pray that these words and scripture will touch someone out there in the world, that we can win them closer to you, dear God, and bring them into the good kingdom. And they accept your key, your, your son, Jesus Christ, as their savior, dear God, in your precious holy name. Amen. If you've liked this podcast, I suggest that you share it and share it with others and get ready for your next uh, episode of our VBS this week. We are the kingdom keepers and we are seeking to protect God's kingdom and to trust in his absolute truth. Thank you for joining. Have a great day.